Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. All right. You want to just lift up your hands to heaven this morning. And you want to speak to the Lord and say, Oh God, I'm here. I'm waiting for a word for you, from you. Father, we are so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for today. To you be all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. As your word comes, oh God, may we be blessed and may we be touched in our inner man. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Wow. Are you glad to be in church this morning? Ask your neighbor, tell your neighbor, small cold, and you are so late. Small cold. Small cold. Hallelujah. Lady Rev, I suggest you ask the last bus to come as is. And those gathering them, they should just come. Powerful. Well, it's the beginning of another month. Amen. Wow. And we thank God for an opportunity, isn't it? Now, I have a couple of announcements. Amen. The first announcement that I want to make is that from Monday, the 5th, that's tomorrow. Are you there? Yes. Till Saturday. Monday to Saturday. The church is out of bounds. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, you can see that some construction is going on and we have to do some things underground. The only people who are invited here after Tuesday, if you are a civil engineering student with an imagination, you can come and pass through. <laughs> because the church, this part of the church is actually standing on water. And the extensions we are doing, we're going to go down there and do a few things. When you are building on water, there's a way to build. So only those with a curious mind can come and take a look. Are you there? So that you can go and build your house on water as if you are building on normal land like some hostels i will not mention yeah when we started to build this portion they used to sneak in and come and look and see what we are doing because they had been ordered to bring down their hostels and they had to bring the hostel down and rebuild are you there so there's a way to build on water and we're going to be doing that and they are huge holes tell me but i don't like trouble some of you don't obey instructions. So if I give you an instruction, don't come here. And you come and you fall inside a hole. Don't call me. And don't call your shepherd. Shepherds, you agree. 
they shouldn't call you <laughs> how you fell in climb out <laughs> okay so we just want to do that very quickly is that okay now it means that all meetings that will be held you will get a message from your leader is that okay so choir next week saturday you can't sing here you can't rehearse here Oh, you feel I don't even understand them. <laughs> the way their leader is always having to talk plenty before they come. No? Anyway, so we'll, I'll, I'll show you where you'll meet and you'll meet there to have your rehearsal. Is it okay? Is it a good, a good deal? Okay, powerful. Yeah. Also because we will be without power until Saturday. It's on Saturday that we'll restore power to the building. So we want to be able to work freely. Not that you come and hold the cable, then when we put it on and it shocks you, you say, I didn't know that it was on. I thought it was off. All right, so please, nobody, no car, no human being, what again? No cat. The dogs that be entering, warn them this week they shouldn't come. Okay, powerful. Then I have two announcements of two programs that are coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. We love programs. I mean, you see, some of you, you are so dead that when you hear programs, oh, no, you want to sleep. But the, the majority of us, we don't want to sleep. We don't want to sleep. How many of you know that February the 14th is Valentine's Day? Okay. It's a Wednesday. Usually in this church, we always do something on Valentine's Day. Something. Because I learned long ago that when we don't do something, then you do something, usually, something illegal. But this week, Valentine's Day is on Wednesday, and we are not going to do anything on Wednesday, but we're going to be here on the Friday. In fact, that weekend, we're going to celebrate Valentine's that weekend. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Amen. The only special service in that sense is on Friday when we'll gather here. Amen? Yeah. Hey, the way you are quiet. <laughs> We've dubbed our Valentine weekend. We are calling it Loving Jesus. Okay. So you can't say that. You see, some of you are like, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to the garden to eat worms. <laughs> that on Friday, the 16th, we're going to be here find your red dress or your red tie or your red scarf or your red something a touch of red amen we'll be here from 6 p.m we're having a visitor that weekend in the, somebody who's very close to me and my family and he is in the person of bishop kwekwa Atiemu. that's joy Atiemu's father and Many of you are new, so you are not aware, but my husband and I, we started the church in Tamale. My husband was member number one. There was no lighthouse at the time in Tamale. I was number two. Lady Reverend Yvonne was number three. Bishop, no, Bishop Kweku was number four. Are you there? Yeah, at the time he was Mr. Kwekwatimo. And the church was a fresh church that has started and by the grace of God has grown. So when we moved to um, Kumasi, he took over everything that's going on there. Powerful man of God, and he's going to be here that Friday. And I want you to prepare yourself. 
Hey, are you there? There will be something for everybody who has a touch of red. Do you understand when I say a touch of red? Don't come and say, I mean, I didn't come because I didn't have a red dress. If you have a red dress, why is something red? A shoestring that's red is, is red. Eh, I didn't say red shoe, I said shoestring. Because if I say shoes, you can say, I mean, I don't have red shoes. I mean, I don't like the color red. I didn't ask if you like. And by what if I don't, eat, if you wear the red, it's okay. Oh, I didn't. Why are you like that? But just come and we're going to have a very interesting evening here and I'm definitely going to have a surprise or two for you. And then on Saturday, he's going to be with our congregation on campus in this church. You shouldn't be here. That's why I'm making plenty of noise. Because <laughs> most of them are not here. It's only Kata who's here for that for the service. They meet on Saturday night. He'll be there. Then on Sunday, 18th February, he's going to be here with us at this service. And at the 10 o'clock service. Amen. Are you there? So I want you to put those dates aside. It's not going to take any extra time. It's just during the time of the services apart from Friday. And it's to stop you going for a party that you shouldn't go to on Friday. And to show that we can do interesting things in church. Turn to your neighbor and say, we can do interesting things in church. And so turn to the neighbor on the other side and say, so that jam you are trying to go, don't do it. Just don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Did you hear what I said? Uh-huh. Don't do it. You go. When they give you some brownies that have something in them, you, you come and tell us the story. Uh-huh. It is what we have seen it before. Hallelujah. And then in March, I want you to also put aside the dates 19th to 21st of March, and I'll be telling you more about that because we'll be having a very powerful visit here from Bishop Edwin Ogo. <laughs> Amen. It's a Tuesday to a Thursday, and he's going to be here. I have to tell you something. You have to hear, until you have heard Bishop Ogo, you have not heard preaching. Tell him, until you have heard Bishop Ogo. <laughs> until you what? Hear Bishop Ogo, you have not heard preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we are in. We're going to have a good time. Powerful. All right. Let me start sharing my word, because you've taken all the time. So I'm just going to share a very short word with you this morning. Amen. And... For the, this month, we're going to be talking. Last month, I spent a lot of time asking you who you are, making sure that you've given your life to Christ and that you are an actual Christian. Hello? And we want to continue. Tell our neighbor, we're going to grow. We're going to grow. Now, there's an interesting verse in the Bible that I'm sure you know. Many of you know if you went to Bible school, but I don't know if you have thought about it before. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, reading from verse 28 to 29. Matthew 11, 28, 29. Jesus was speaking. Uh, maybe we should take it from 26. Let's try 26. Oh, no, nah, it's, not, it's not interesting. Okay, 28. Let's go back to 28. 28. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think it's a, it's a really nice scripture. Anytime I see the scripture, I imagine coming from the market carrying a heavy basket. And then somebody says, oh, come and sit here. Come and sit here. Helps you to put your load down. Come, I'll give you rest. Is it a good message? Is it a nice, a nice thought? That as you are sweating and as you are 
tired, somebody says, come, I'll give you rest. And, and Jesus says this because he's trying to draw us to him. In this life, there are so many things that are not restful, like your lectures. Are they restful? Hey, you are very quiet, too. The last rest you had was when you were a toddler. You were in your mother's stomach. It was peaceful, or? Somebody said that the reason why babies cry when they come out is that, Charlie, they were comfortable and okay there. And as they come out, you know, all the voila of life. So even as a young person, you can see that it is not so simple. Am I speaking to people in this church? Hello? Hey, are you awake this morning? Okay, I was just checking. I was just checking. You are much quieter than your normal selves. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when somebody comes and offers you rest, it's a good thing and something that attracts us. And there's a rest in Christ. Somebody who comes to shoulder with you whatever you're carrying. And he says, you give it to me. You give it to me. And you rest. Hallelujah. But we often forget that this scripture doesn't stand alone. There's another one, another scripture following it. Then he says, take my yoke, what I am carrying. Take it. So it's not that you are just putting down your basket. It's that I'm carrying something. You take mine and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul. You'll find rest unto your soul. Hallelujah. These are very important scriptures because you remember what we were talking about last month also. I mean the past three weeks I described to you what it meant to be born again, how your spirit is a baby. Are you there? Then your soul and then you have your body. And I shared with you how to grow, you know, you grow so that you are able to Take the decisions and not leave the decisions for your body. When you leave the decisions for your body, eh, you. Mm. Are you in the house? Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't leave things for your body. What will make your body do? What will your body do? Make you oversleep, make you overeat, make you not learn, make you watch series when you should be studying. Eh? What again? What again does it make you do? I can mention a lot of other things. I just don't want to say it from the pulpit. Eh? Smokers of shisha. Drinkers of attire. Drinkers of ogogro. All those things. Eh? It's the body that's manifesting. Many things that we know we shouldn't do, but we do them nevertheless. Am I talking to some people here? Yeah. Anyway, how did I get into all that? I was sharing with you that that's what the body will make you do. But as you, 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 your Christian life takes hold, you begin to grow. And you, be, you must recognize something. Even if you are a young Christian, recognize it early. Because God has not called us to do nothing. You need to understand that in this world, any time you are doing nothing is a very bad sign. No, you realize that in life you're always busy, you're always doing something. You're in school, you're learning. The holiday that's given is just so you catch your breath and come back. Yeah, you are young, so you just, you just catch your breath. That catching your breath, cry, no. Even that one, when you get home, if you come from a house, 
there's something to do. So when you come to a point in your life where there's nothing to do, it's a very bad sign because it means the end is imminent. When you pension somebody at 60, if he or she doesn't find something to do, the end is coming. Those of you whose parents are over 60 and they are sitting in the house, please encourage them to do something. Amen. Now, in the same way, a Christian who is doing nothing, his or her death is imminent. Your Christian life will end right now. Right now. Some of you, the reason why you struggle to come to church, that's the reason. Because you're doing nothing. Very soon, that, you are going to lose that battle. Very soon. That's why many adults, you know, they don't go to church. Or they only go to church. Uh, what? Wait, wait, wait. We are, in, we are in February. So let's start. They go Easter Sunday. If we are lucky, they'll go Good Friday. Isn't it? If we are lucky. But if we are not lucky, they'll say they are tired. So Easter Sunday, then they'll look for white. And we and go to church. Then when again? Christmas. Then if a friend dies. You see, that one crowd, when they go to the funeral service, they are chatting somewhere. They'll be chatting, ah, so they bury the person, then they'll cry. <laughs> then it's over. Then they'll come to the Thanksgiving service on the Sunday, and they'll come and dance in the front for the family to see that I came. And that's it. Why? Because you're doing nothing. You're doing nothing. So Jesus, knowing that, he said, the burden that you have found for yourself, as for that burden, I need to tell you that it's a killer burden. So you bring that one. But when you bring that one, take mine. Because mine is a healthy one. It will give you something to do. And even as you are doing it, your soul is at rest. Your soul is at peace. Hallelujah. He never called us to do what is being done in many churches currently. The truth of the matter is that we lost our way at a time. What do I mean by we lost our way? You see, when I'm speaking, I've not mentioned the name of your church. Did I mention the name of any church? Because I'm speaking now about the body of Christ generally. Are you getting it? Somewhere along the line, we missed it. Because when you read the book of Acts, the first church, you see that the Christians were active. It was not only the apostles who they had their meetings and they added to their, themselves every day. Every day, it was an active church, working church. At a certain point, the Lord was trying to show them, look, add the unbelievers, add those who are not Jews. They were not listening to him, so he scattered them. He allowed some persecution to come. You see, some of us, we don't understand that the persecution the Lord has allowed to come into Ghana is for a reason. That's why our city fell like a stone. So that when the Ohia bites you, some of you will be scattered. And when you are scattered, you have to go and do what these people did. When we go, we only go and look for more money. But they, they, when they were scattered, they now went to preach. The preaching they didn't do, they didn't finish doing. They didn't do it. They didn't take the message to non-Jews. And now they went and took the message to the non-Jews. Are you in the house? Beautiful. That's what they were doing. And the early church was like that. And it continued for many years. I don't know exactly what happened. Tell your neighbor, we don't know what happened. Because at a point, you know, then it became like, Charlie, when we come to church, 
is to polish and then we sit down. Ask anybody, did you bath today? <laughs> Ask the other one, did you polish? Did you polish? <laughs> and then you take your bottom box dress that you don't wear anywhere, <laughs> like your strunko shirt, and you wear it. And you have come to church. Oh, it's not that you haven't come. You have come. But as you have come, the only job that you know to do in church is to change the temperature of the chair that you are sitting on. When you came, that said the church was cold. Because it's been a little cold this morning, 26 degrees. Then you sit there. I mean, those of you who I marvel about, when they are even dancing, you won't dance. When they are singing, you won't sing. When they are clapping, you won't clap. When they are paying offering, you are just insulting. I don't know what you came to church to find. Just there, we could have gone outside, taken one of those rocks and just put it on the chair in your place. Because the only difference between you and that rock is the temperature. That's all. If this is a description of you, then this message is for you. And I'm sharing with you that when he said bring your burden, he didn't say bring your burden and then proceed to be hitting the chair. That's not what he said. He said, take my burden. And that's why this morning I'm going to be sharing with you a message entitled Five Facts About the Call of God. Five facts about the call of God. Five things that you need to know. The first thing you need to know is that many are called. In fact, if you are sitting here, the reason why you are here is because you are called. And it's a scripture. Matthew 24, 14. You see, I wanted to write the point and write the scripture because if you are wise, instead of arguing with me and saying, this is not how I knew it in my house. This is not what I'm used to. I'm not asking what you are used to and we are not preaching what we are used to. I also came from somewhere. The place I came from, we used to sing in the morning. Then you have the hymns there. Then we used to do you know, sit somewhere and be watching who is passing for communion. <laughs> when we finish, we'll go. Why, why are you shaking your head? You two, are you not like that, Sam? <laughs> but somewhere along the line, I met Jesus, and I realized that it, it, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Many are called. In case your English teacher died early, what does many mean? A lot of people. Large numbers. Masses are called. You see, Jesus had a mission. He said that, take my yoke. What was his yoke? His yoke was that everybody needs to hear that he has shed his blood for them. And everybody needs to have an opportunity to receive him as Lord and Savior. So what did he do? When he was leaving, he left 12 people and he left the Holy Spirit with them and he told them, listen, you and all those who believed in me, this is now the work. Make sure that this work reaches everybody. Unfortunately for me and you, or maybe fortunately, we are now in a world of about 8 billion people. It's true or it's not true? 8 billion people. They need to hear the message. They need to hear that Jesus died. So let me ask you a question. If you were going to send a message to 8 billion people, would you choose two people alone to do it? Ah, would you use four people? How many people will you use? Will you not use as many as you get 
if you get one billion people, will you not use the one billion to reach the eight billion? So why do you think you are not inside? Young man, your phone can be read when you finish church. Okay? Good. <laughs> Amen. No, allow me to say it because some of you are coming from churches where when the preaching is going on, you sleep. Then you wake up when it is over. Some of you are coming from places where when the word, you dance, and when the word is coming, then you are now going to look for the loo. We are going to look for water. Here, we don't do that. When the word is coming, we sit down, we believe that God has a word that's coming to us, and we show it some respect. Yeah. And we receive that message. You see, what I'm sharing right now is a message for you for the rest of your life. And I'm sharing something. I'm saying that maybe you thought as you came, how many pastors do I have in the house? Please, lift your hands for me. One, two, three, four, one at the back, five. How many of you were at Sounds of Joy on Friday? All right, beautiful. We shared 40,000 flyers for that program. Assuming that I called one, two, three, four, five pastors to share the 40,000 flyers. How many of you shared flyers and you were tired? I said, how many of you shared flyers? <laughs> were you tired when you were sharing? Let me ask you a question. Were there not some places we didn't reach? Because we targeted... 12,500 rooms. Maybe you don't know the population around you. Some containing four people. <laughs> yes, I have to give you statistics because I have to show you why God is calling many people and not few. Because some of you believe and it's not your fault. The church you grew up in is like the church I grew up in where you felt that as for the work of God, it is done by a few people. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, and that's it. So God, he will call just those people in. The, how many pastors you call? How many do you know? He will call those few people to reach 8 billion. You have made the mistake of your life. I shouldn't say you, we. Because it's a mistake in the whole church. And that's why the entire church almost is backslidden. Look at it there, please. You know the version. The, I need the New Living Translation when I want you to understand things, please. When Jesus was going to give us a gift, the gift he gave were human beings. These are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. For what? Their responsibility is to equip God's people. Are you part of God's people? Okay. To do his work. Who is supposed to do the work? Have you seen that you can't even say me? It's like in your head, you know. I am the one. It's for us. You as a human being, when you have to reach 100 people, you find a certain number of people to go, but you seem to think that God is more foolish than you. And as he wants to reach the whole world, he has chosen some few people sitting on the front row. Three, four, five, six. I was also sitting there. Seven. Seven people. If you leave seven people to reach this, your campus, what will happen? Do you know the population of your campus? Hey, today, dear, you have decided not to mind me. 
and said, do you know the population of your campus? Do you know the population, the conservative population of KNUST is 85,000 students. Those 85,000 students are supported by a population of almost 30,000, 40,000 workers. Put it together. That's the population just here. Just here. That's why when you joke small, no, there's traffic. <laughs> yes. And so that is why God too has called many people. And he called a few people to train. I beg you, stay there. Stay there, the officials 12. To equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And so it is my duty to inform you today that if you are not doing anything for God as a Christian, you are out of order. Why you are you are lost. If I didn't tell you, I have to go and face God in heaven. I fear him, I don't fear you. Or at least I fear him more than I fear you, because some of you, I fear you. Yeah. Some of you, the way you are, no. The way you have been anointed to misunderstand. Hey! And misquote. Hmm. So he's looking for huge numbers of people. Why? Because the work is a lot. To do what? What is his work? Remember we said that he was calling us. He was giving us work to do. So that we are not idle in the house. Those who are idle in the church, they are the ones who are always criticizing yeah, because you're not doing anything. When you're not doing anything, it's easy to criticize. I mean, look at the chair and say, oh, the chair cries. The service is one of nature. I just can't sing as well. Why are you singing? It's because you're idle. Because you're idle. My choristers, they were so tired, I gave them a holiday yesterday. I said, Charlie, just find some song you sang the last time, come and sing it. Yeah, because they are tired. But you, Idle one, your strength is there. That's why you're looking at them today saying, but why did this one stand two meters behind this one? Two, one, two, two centimeters behind. Why didn't they measure everybody should have stood here perfect? The reason why you even notice that you, you are you all your strength is there. You are not doing anything. Anything. Nothing. Nothing. Means one is crown come and they call them what they say they are called CP what? CP what? What was that that they were talking about? You are sitting in the chair, you, are, you cannot do anything, and you have an opinion. What dancing is that? As you are standing, I'm not come to ask you what standing is that. Leave them all. You, when you finish, you go by night. When we don't see you, you go and dance in the clubs. They, they don't have any club to go. All the dancing they'll do in their life is here. And you, you are measuring the steps. What kind of dancing is this one? This one. I can dance better than them. You, and you are sitting down with it. I don't, look, you are not in my message today. I don't know why I'm even minding you. Let me come back to my message. So what is he asking us to do? Hey, you people. My people have been intimidating me not to call John 15, 16, but I will call it in King James. <laughs> I made a mistake and said that it was my favorite scripture. Since then, they have not allowed me to have... What is he calling you to do? Here is your job. 
He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you to go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain. That whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Go and bear fruit. Go and bear fruit. That's the work. A call to fruitfulness. Oh, what is a fruit? You see this question you're asking me, you know. I beg you, it's water. I always have to say it from here. <laughs> I don't want to get a message that why are you drinking tea in the middle of the preaching? It's just, you see, the air is very, it's very dry, so it's warm water, okay? Nowadays, it's not simple, though. To be a pastor, it's not simple. All the idlers have a lot to say. Lots of questions. A lot of comments. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So this is his work. Look at it. He said, go and bring forth fruit. What fruit? The fruit of a dog is what? Fruit of a cat is what? Fruit of an elephant is what? Fruit of a believer is what? Go and bring forth fruit. Somebody must be here because of you. In your lifetime here on campus, somebody's life must change because of you. Somebody must come to Christ because of you. Somebody must hear of God because of you. Somebody must be brought here by you. Hmm. Are you there? Yeah. This is the reason for all the problems in the church. In churches. That you are just sitting down for one or two people to work and we are commenting. But if you were busy, there are people who you see, they come in. Eh, now, now they, what time do you get to church today? 9.30. Was it that you were sleeping in the house? You are cooking your husband's lunch because of your daughter. Why would an honest, proper Christian like you get to church at 9.30 for a service that began at 7? Because you went chasing some people. God did not even give you cane to be cane in them. So you could only talk for them to come. Yeah. yeah. Are you tired or are you not tired? Do we pay you for this particular work that we do? Do we give you ice water to drink because of this work? So do you think she has the energy to now come and be criticizing somebody, somebody steps on stage? But if you joined her to do, if you joined her to do, if you were part of it, she has just a few people she's working with to bring them back. If you were part, then together, you would have done more and done it quicker. So your point number two. It's a call to fruitfulness. That's the work. You see, if you leave me, I will go off tangent and stay here the whole service. I'm just giving you five facts about the call. Number three. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Now, this is why we are often confused. Some are called in a spectacular way. The person who I'm going to read, I, mean, I hope you know the scripture in Acts chapter 9, from verse 3, about Paul. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly... There shined out about him a light from heaven. Oh, how I wish. And he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Hey. And he said, who art thou, Lord? He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And he said, arise. 
Go into the city and it shall be told thee what you must do. I mean, what a dramatic call. Where they said, what bon cry, you know that you were called. You see? And this is where the confusion comes. That because we know of people with a spectacular call. We say, I haven't had some. Have you had a spectacular call? Hey. One of our prophets in the house was a young Christian. Uh, Bishop Dag had brought him to Christ. He, had, he was praying in his father's house. He said he was going to the rooftop. He was on the rooftop praying. Then he just saw a light coming at him. Hey. So he turned to run. When he turned to run, he opened the door that he himself had opened. It was closed. Then he stood there and God spoke to him. Are you there? After God, when the message was over, he turned and the door opened. He was able to come. That's the, that's the calling of Prophet Kakrai. Very clear calling. Very clear. <laughs> uh, so, but look, unfortunately, I don't think you have such a story. Would have heard of it by now. <laughs> Many of us are waiting to see a light and to hear something, but. I have to tell you, point number four. Some people are called in a very ordinary way. Nothing special. Nothing special. Amen? Nothing special. Sometimes we're expecting that if God was going to do something, we would see drama, we would hear drama. But sometimes it's nothing special. For many people... It's just because somebody asked you to do something and you did it. That's all. Yeah? That's all. You didn't know it was the way into your call. But as you decided to do that thing, then you began to move ahead. And the next thing, there's something called a natural progression. I mean, when you enter school, from KG, you are going to P1. From P1, you are going to P2. So it was just a natural progression. And before you realize you were, you were, you were good at it and, and, and God had anointed you for the thing and there are many people who are called in that way. Am I talking to you this morning? Oh, I say, am I talking to you this morning? Hallelujah. So it is not always dramatic. In fact, most of the time it's not dramatic. If you compare the number of people who are called by dramatic ways to the number of people who are called by some simple, just moving ahead, just doing whatever is in front of them, you see that those who are just called in a natural way are far more. Hallelujah. And so when you come and you are asked to do something, I want you to just decide to do it. Just, just take part because you don't know if that is the natural path for you. Amen. The person who may be asking you may not even look interesting. And what he may be asking you to, to do, Krano, is not even... Am I talking to some people here? Yeah. So I want you to decide that as I've come and I've heard this message, I'm also going to find out. I mean, I'll be serious about things that I've been asked to do. I'll just do my best. And it may be very simple things. It may be very simple things. You may just be asked to go call the people on this floor. Just call the people on this floor. Those who are coming to church, call them. They are in this room, that room, that room. It's a beginning. Very simple beginning. Are you in the house? Not knowing that it's your call that you have started to answer. I remember the day I was a, I was a, a PhD student somewhere, and my pastor asked me to go and look after some children. In fact, he asked me to look after babies. I said, oh, God. Oh, God. I had one baby at the time. The first meeting, I cried more than the babies. 
That's another story I'll go Because <laughs> I, had, I had babies, but I'm not a baby's person. Do you understand? Yeah, a children's person, but babies, mom, dear. <laughs> the church is very quiet. There are some people when they see babies, yeah, I'm not like that at all. Not like that at all. But the first job I was given was to look after babies. I stayed with those babies. Ah. Then I graduated to toddlers. It was a graduation. Then we moved to Tamale. For a while we were building the church. And then it was what we used to call the junior church. J Church. <laughs> Are you there? You are very quiet. I'm happy to inform you that my J Church children, they are in church. Different churches. Some are 30 years old, 35 years old. The chair you are sitting on was bought for me by one of my J Church children, who is now a major human being in life. And I was sitting down somewhere and she said, I'm sending you an articulator. I said, of what? What have I bought by mistake? And she said, there are chairs inside. 500 chairs. Otherwise, you all have been sitting on wood here. <laughs> yeah. Are you there? But I didn't know at that time that I was walking into a calling. I was just doing what yeah, they said I should do. The last group. The last group. Those are the people who are called through their desires. You are sitting here, you desire to do something. And you are thinking that what desire is this? First Timothy 3.1. There's a true saying, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. In other words, you can desire something all the way to the top. In the church, it's not a sin. If you're walking around, if you're in a class and you are desiring to be the prof, a prof, the prof will tell you that you are too known. But not so in God's house. That desire, follow it. Follow it. It will make you do the things that will cause you to progress. Am I talking to some people here? The desire, hallelujah, a desire to do something. And all these categories of people are here. Some of you will be asked to do something. And some of you come and say, can I do this just because I can see that there's an opportunity or there's a gap there. there. And others too will say that, oh, I, 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 I'm coming because I was asked to come and do this or that. But whatever you ask, whatever it is, don't be idle and don't be there without doing something. Hallelujah. I said, don't be there without doing something. We, I have told you the population of the campus. 85,000. Out of that 85,000, less than 5% are born again Christians. Probably 5% is even too much. Amen? Hey, you will not mind me again. Hey, tell your neighbor small hamatan no, your teeth are, are cold or what? <laughs> Hallelujah. But I tell you, we are going to be called. And we are going to fulfill our calling. Yeah. Most times on a Sunday morning, this church is full. And you are saying that, oh, so where will we put them? Let me tell you something. Right now, we are opening branches all around the campus. Some will meet on Saturday. Some will meet on Sundays. Part of the reason why some people are not here is that I have asked them to go. Go, go and start over there. You to go and start over here. Are you in the house? And if I'm speaking to you, maybe there's a desire in your heart. You have to come and talk to me after. 
Hey, where is it? I'll go and start something. Because you see, when you start working in a place, you'll be surprised that there are church members there. That you'll find people there. This will not be their main church. This is their mother church, but it's not their main, it's not the church they'll go to. Are you in the church? A few weeks ago, I called a young man and two ladies and I sent them to Genius. Maybe you don't know where Genius is, but if you if you know where your business school is, all the way down to the main road, that area is called. And I said, go and start. And they went and they found a place. Even before we had paid for the place, they had started service. Their very first service, they found 14 different people who don't come here. They went knocking doors, preaching, 14 people. If they don't have anything at all, they have 14 souls in their bank account in heaven. You, how many do you have? How many do you have as we are wasting time to call you on Sunday morning? You cannot get up till 9 o'clock. How many souls are in your bank account from last year? What about the year before? You don't know that Jesus will come and look. Let me give you my last scripture. Some people are like, I don't like this message. You better like it. Luke chapter 13. I'm reading from verse 6. I want to show you something. I want to show you that the Lord has an expectation of you. This is Jesus giving a parable. He said, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then he said to the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? You see, I'm deliberately reading the King James because I like that sentence. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why is it disturbing the ground? And he, answering, said, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, you shall cut it down. Hallelujah. Are you there? Jesus was passing by. He saw the tree. Some of you don't know that in the house of God you are a tree. It's because you don't read your Bible. I am the vine, you are the branches. A vine is a tree, you are the branches. Are you there? As he was walking through, he said, he realized that the fig tree had no fruit. He said, cut it down. He said something. He said, for three years, I've been coming looking for fruit. How old are you? You have been in the church. You didn't know. From five years ago, every year, he comes walking, looking, walking around you to see what fruit have you brought? Who have you helped? Who is in church because of you? Who was down and because of your words, they are back up again? Who was about to leave church and because you spoke, they are back? Your fruit can only be something concerning another person. It's nice that you are playing the keyboard and the drums. But it's not your fruit. It's your service in the house. It's important. It also has its, its place. It's nice that your ashes cleaning around. It's your service, not your fruit. Your fruit concerns another human being. And I'm asking you this morning, who has believed on Christ because of you? Who was weak and you, because of you, they were strengthened? And brought back. Who was falling away from God? And it's back. And Jesus was walking around. He said, there's no fruit. He said, cut it down. Cut it down. Many people you see, they are not in church again. The reason is that the Lord has just cut it down. 
Let me finish my preaching. It's time, time to go. This morning, I just want you to think about it. And I thank God that we are hearing this message today. That you are hearing it as a young man and as a young woman that you are called. You have time now to answer today because you don't know how much time you have. We have seen people buried at the age of 22 and we've seen some buried at the age of 29 and we've seen some who have not reached final year and they've been buried and we've seen others who have white hair and they are buried. We don't know the time that we have but with whatever time we have I want you to hear my voice this morning and say insofar as you are giving your life to Christ you can do something. You can affect somebody. Somebody's life can be touched by you. It is your decision to answer. The Lord expects it of you. Because in case you were doubting, let me give you the scripture again. Many are called. Matthew. Not 44. 22, 14. But few are chosen. Stand to your feet. This your clap is like your smiles this morning. This morning, I just want you to think about yourself. Think about yourself. And just think, am I bearing fruit for the Lord? Some of you, by your activities, you have even driven some people away. It's time for you to get on, on board. And say, Lord, forgive me, I didn't know. Forgive me. I want you to talk to the Lord for a few minutes. I want you to talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Talk to him for a few minutes. This is not the time to say, I'm going to pee. You are not a child. I'm going to answer a call. You are not that important. Think about what is important for a few minutes. Jesus comes walking around and he's looking for your fruit. He came last two years. What did he find? He came three years ago. What did he find? Today, make up your mind that Jesus will not come around again and not find something. And not find something. Something to be ascribed to you. Some fruit to be ascribed to you. Somebody you have helped to be ascribed to you. Bow down your head and pray for a few minutes. And say, Lord, thank you for another chance. I didn't know I was called, but thank you for letting me know it today. Lord, today I step into my calling. What is it that you have me do? Lord, I will do it. No matter how it looks, low or high, I will do it. Forgive me for the times I've criticized others working for you. And help me to do my part in the name of Jesus. Help me to do my part. Help me to do my part. This morning, I want you to make up your mind that you will do something for the Lord. every head is bowed and every eye is eyes closed. Before you can do anything for the Lord, you must belong to him. Before you can do anything, you should have given your life to Jesus. Before you can do anything for God, you must be sure that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus paid a price for you and you need to say, I have accepted that price and by, by virtue of that, I have been washed, cleansed and my name is in the book of life. You are here, you are not sure that you've been, you are born again. 
you're not sure that if Jesus comes now, you'll be part of those following him. You're not sure. You're not sure that if the time was up now for you, that you'll be going to heaven. I don't want you to delay. I want you to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus? Let me just see your hand in the air. We're going to pray a prayer based on a scripture in Romans 10, 9 and 10. Just lift up your hand where you're standing. Don't worry about your friend and don't be shy. Don't worry at all. Maybe I cannot see your hand, but if you've lifted it, please come to me. I want to pray with you. Just come. Just step out of where you are and come to me this morning. God bless you as you come. God bless you. God bless you. Jesus is the one calling you. God bless you. Just come. Just come. Step out of where you are. Come on to Jesus. Step out of where you are and come. is beating within you that's Jesus telling you there's something to sort out it's not okay yet between me and you please hear him hear him hear him and just leave where you are and come to me just come just come just come just come wash me in your blood. Cleanse me. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you so much for these ones who've come to give their lives to you on this Sunday. We thank you that their lives are precious in your sight and that your word says that the angels rejoice over each one who comes to you. Today they come to you and I pray, oh God, that on the day that you come looking for fruit, you will find so much fruit because of these ones who have come to give their lives to you today. In Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen and Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-E-B-S-E. God richly bless you.